You're listening to another episode of Boss Babe in the Man Cave. Here's your host, BB. Welcome back to Boss Babe in the Man Cave, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Really, really exciting as we've made it through the first quarter of NFL football, which has been exciting. Four games down, a lifetime to go. This is a long season. But today's on today's episode, I really want to discuss a few things that have been pertinent. I've seen it on Patriots fans' chats. I've seen it on Instagram, on Twitter especially. Talking about where New England is um, as a team, as a whole. But I really want to talk about a couple of key things. We're going to discuss our schedule, where we're heading, how things are looking, our stellar lockdown defense, which really needs no introduction. Um, We're going to talk about Gostowski, because apparently a lot of you guys have some high opinions about this man, Um, and just our wide receiver woes, where we're going, and what's upcoming in the next quarter of football. So let's dive right into this. Currently, as of today, we are 4-0 on the season, number one in the AFC East. We have continued the drive for succession. The only other team in the AFC that is 4-0 are the Kansas City Chiefs. And the only team in the NFC that is also 4-0 are uh, the San Francisco 49ers. So we're sitting atop. There's only three teams left right now in the whole entire NFL out of 32 that are doing a stellar job of continuing their undefeated season. I ran a poll on my Twitter that um, asked people who's the most surprising team to be 4-0, and everyone, of course, put the San Francisco 49ers because, yes, they um, have done something that's completely, like, out of the norm. They have consistently... Um, they've been consistent for four games, which is awesome. That's amazing. Cool. Um, New England's not a surprise, necessarily, um, and neither is Kansas City because look at the success in the last last season. Both the Chiefs and the Patriots met in the AFC Championship game, so therefore I'm not surprised that they are currently sitting atop the AFC. Um, The San Francisco 49ers, however, that is a little bit surprising. So, let's kind of go back through the games to do like a little mini recap. The Patriots started off the season against Pittsburgh and won 33-3. So, the defense did not give up a touchdown. Amazing. So good. We're going to dive into those guys a little bit later. Our next game was against Miami, in Miami. We switched it up a little bit this year, and we blew them out, 43 to nothing. Again, no questions. Nobody talks about anything. We're solid. And then we played the Jets, and the Jets, we beat 14 to 30. At the end there, there were a couple of things. Now, mind, it, mind you, none of this was the defensive fault for the 14 points that were scored by the Jets. Also with a backup quarterback, also losing a lot of healthy people for them as a team. Again, we won the game. I'm not too concerned. The last week's game, though, against the Buffalo Bills, 10-16. to And we thank God for the defense because we won because of our defense. Yes, the offense did some great things, too. But there was a lot to work on, a lot to decipher. So, overall, we outscored our opponents. They... All of the opponents we've played so far have scored a grand total of 27 points. And we have 
um, scored 122 points on the season so far. Basically, besides the game against Buffalo, which actually 27 points has been scored by our opponents, the game against Buffalo, the whole game score was 26 points. But everybody else, we've completely annihilated that 27 points as a whole for our team alone scoring. So that says a lot about our, you know, the Patriots. And I I get this argument on Twitter a lot, and I see it a lot. Oh, the Patriots play in a weak division. They play the AFC East, blah, blah, blah. Well, yes, the AFC East, besides the Patriots, haven't had very many strong teams. The strongest team, besides New England, were the Buffalo Bills, and we squeaked past them miraculously, thank God. Um, But that doesn't make me feel that the AFCs can come up. There's still more games to be played um, against our division. And so that, to me, is very important to note that a team can go a certain amount of time without um, necessarily being affected by other opponents within that division. But I don't want to say that the AFC East is an easy division because we've dropped games against all three teams, either mostly late in the season, if there's a game to be dropped. In Miami, we play terribly in Florida for whatever reason, against the Jags, against the um, Dolphins, the Bucks. Um, it's been so-so. We've won the last time we played them, which was two years ago. However, if you're a fan of this team, I think one of the things that I have done is after, like, the 2007 season, it was such a wake-up call for me that you can go perfect and lose it all in the end. And obviously, that was a real reality check for a lot of people, and it was something that was just so unexpected. But I've not looked ahead too much on the season. Like, yeah, I can go over a schedule and I'll say, yeah, that, you know, this looks pretty easy for us as a team. But once you're playing, like, fundamentals in football, you're looking at the offense, the defense, the special teams. They all have to work together to ensure that the team is going and heading in the right direction. So um, I don't really feel as if we all need to worry about this it's only been four games so far normally we'd leave september two and two so the fact that we're heading into october four and oh on the season is great like let's celebrate that right now be glad that we're ahead right now but let's continue to look forward to the rest of the season so our offense is in need of some help a little bit But I don't think it's in need of some help for the reasons that everybody else is crying over here about. Yes, the Buffalo game was a resilient game. Their defense showed toughness, mental toughness, being able to disrupt Brady in the pocket, being able to get off the blocks. But I think the reason for that was because of our offensive line, while they are trying so hard to keep Brady protected, there, that style of play is not what Brady has had before in the past. David Andrews is out of the season, um, which he's taking care of his health. So I, you can never knock that. Left tackle has had some kind of road bumps along the way. You're losing the big guys that protected and kept that pocket clean. And they are still keeping it 
for the most part clean. I would say when you're looking at their performances, they're not really allowing Brady to get sacked as much, but the disruption is there. Maybe um, the guards and the tackles are a second later coming off of their block, which does allow the defensive ends um, and the linebackers to kind of approach Brady more, which you saw a lot in the Buffalo game if you watched it. But I'm not upset at the way that that's been handled. I feel like it's going to come with time. Obviously, you're going to get a little bit more cohesive as a unit. You'll be able to block more. Um, and yeah, so the offensive the offensive line is going to have their problems. Every offensive line is going to have their problems. When you're starting off, you're you're looking at fresh legs all the time in the beginning of the season. But as things go, injuries wane, all of that stuff. Brady will get it. The team will get it together. I'm not even worried about that at all, like, to be honest with you. I feel less concerned with our team and where we are right now on the offensive line. I feel more concerned about the offensive weapons for New England that we need to maintain health and maintain stability and stamina down the field. So if you guys have been following along with the Patriots injury news and whatever else, there has been some good news this week. Uh, Benjamin Watson came back this week off of his four-game suspension, which is awesome. He has been with the team previously, and he's an experienced tight end in the NFL, which we really haven't gone too much into our tight end position. Matt Lacoste has been awesome. Um, I believe it was the game against the Jets. He had an amazing... It was either the the Dolphins or the Jets where he had a couple of long runs, which was great. Like, it showed a lot of perseverance. But we were going more to the wide receiving running back set just because our tight end position just wasn't there. Now, I want to say something to every single fan who is out here criticizing some wide receivers who might not have caught a pass here or there, dropped a couple of things, blah, blah, blah. Do you watch the game and notice that these wide receivers are throwing blocks? Like Julian Edelman has been out there throwing blocks. Sony Michelle, James White, they're throwing blocks for running backs to make holes and things like that. We lost James Devlin, who as a fullback has led the charge for the running backs. But Sony Michelle tends to need that leading of the charge to kind of bust free. And when the blocks are set and they're done correctly, he's a loose cannon. But the fact that it's taking some adjustment, to be honest with you, like watch the games back, watch replays, and watch how there was last week Brandon Bolden scored a touchdown. And the reason he scored that touchdown is if you watch, Julian Edelman threw a key block on that left side, which allowed Brandon Bolden to walk into the end zone, essentially. So I'm... Really, I'm just going to call people out here. I'm really annoyed when I see fans getting so upset about certain things. I'm like, you got, you have to watch what the play is, though. Look at what's happening. Yes, it might not go to your favorite receiver. And we'll get to the receivers in a second. But they're still doing phenomenal things on the field because they're trying to allow for other guys and spread the offense. Like, Brady's not trying to do the – Gronk's not there, so he's not – his number one receiver is not out there on the field all the time. You've got Edelman, who had a chest injury, did play last weekend, but you don't want to exhaust those people. You've got Josh Gordon, who is working on his stamina and working on continually to be better. You have Philip Dorsett, who was perfect until last week, but I'm still happy for it. Like, 
PD-13. You've got to watch these guys because they know the schemes are not always going to be the same each week. Depending on what the uh, the defense of the other team is showing is how we're going to play to the game and how we're going to play to everything else. So I'm not really upset with that, but I wanted to kind of dive into the offense a little bit. So bringing Ben Watson onto the team, bringing him back into the kind of playbook, you'll probably see a lot of blocking from him, but in addition to the blocking, I think you'll see some bursts here and there. Brady and uh, Watson connected a lot um, down the field in the end zone. That was kind of his golden hour for him. You know, he would have a couple of shorter runs, some blocking. He's a large guy. He can, you know, kind of lead that charge for the receivers and also open it up so that, you know, if you have an Edelman on the field, um, you know, if you have a Philip Dorsett, maybe a Josh Gordon, or if you have a blocking tight end, there's options. So option routes are going to be shown a lot more once you bring in that experience. So I'm, I'm excited for Benjamin Watson. I really enjoyed when he was on the team previously. And I'm looking forward to what he does moving forward. So that's that, that's going to be really exciting. But our wide receiver woes, first of all, I don't, I'm not mad because we are 4-0 in the season. Philip Dorsett for Tom Brady has been a gem. He was basically perfect every time he completed every attempt to him. It was always for positive yardage. It was positive catches, touchdowns, the whole nine yards. So Philip Dorsett was that person that a lot of you Patriots fans were not happy. Oh, why did we sign, why did we sign Philip Dorsett? Blah, blah, blah. Listen. I know I have made my complaints over my time, but I have learned now to not even get nitpicky about who is on our offense because if Belichick signs them, there there's a way made. There's a reason why, you know, we're not just signing some random Joe Schmo off the road to try to fill a position. He's got a particular type of talent that the team can utilize and move forward. So I'm all for the positive yardage. I'm all for the positive, um, just playmakers, Philly playmakers, what they call him. And I think that that's, that's key. You need people out there that are unsuspecting that can kind of wheel off defenders, get into the secondary, you know, running with the safeties, free safeties, when all of that, it's all so relevant. I think we're so used to, not even so used to, but yes, kind of, We've seen the first three games be kind of a blowout stretch, and then when you have a game that's closer and you're like, oh my gosh, we need better players. We need Antonio Brown. Stop. We don't need Antonio Brown. He was an asset to the team that week that he played, and that was great, and I'm glad that we got to experience that. But we don't need him if we can look at the players that are here that know this and can understand it. So... Josh Gordon, he's back on the team. He has been playing great this season. He has been a healthy um, receiver. He's a bigger guy. He can go up and get certain passes. You just have to play to their strengths, not their weaknesses. We're not a type, the type of team that only has one or two people that are like our go-tos for everything. And Brady doesn't just favor those guys. He is throwing the ball to James White, to Rex Burkhead, to Sony Michelle, he's throwing like you know. There's guys that are running the ball in different ways, and double passes are happening. There's so many like key components that the cogs are working, and Belichick is trying to find a Josh McDaniels. They sit down, 
and Dante Skarnick, yeah, they're sitting down to find what way this team can essentially move things forward. And that is what I am most excited about as a fan of the team is watching them utilize these guys to make it work for that particular week. Because the same way that we were playing against Pittsburgh is not the same way we played against the Jets. It's not the same way we played against Buffalo and against Miami. Different personnel groups were utilized. Different people were called upon. And that's what we have to look at moving forward. The one consistent thing that has been over like for the last 10 years is having Julian Edelman on the team. Now, he did miss two seasons ago with um, his ACL and his knee and everything else. And that was unfortunate, but we still made it forward. We made like I, I just I'm begging this team to continuously like as fans, we've got to stand behind our guys, the guys that are there, the guys that are in the trenches, the guys that understand what's going on. Julian Edelman is key. He has been blocking for us. He has been catching passes. He has been able to extend plays, slot receiver position. We all know this. So don't feel, if you are watching this game and you're you're kind of upset, I guess, that it looks like we're not going to those guys, we're trying to spread the ball around on offense so that the same type of schemes aren't used every week. It's like certain teams will utilize their offensive players to suit the fact that their offensive player is good. But a lot of teams don't necessarily play to certain strengths. They just go to those people all the time. It's like looking at the Vikings, and it's like Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, who everyone wants on the Patriots, and that would be awesome. Again, an asset to bring it to the team. But if Bill Belichick is looking at his schedule ahead, goes, you know what, this guy is not going to be like a strong receiver or strong on offense against this opponent, he's not playing. It's just that simple. Like, I think that people need to understand how our team utilizes itself and how it works and how Bill Belichick is an amazing coach who understands opponents, understands strengths and weaknesses, and brings all of that to the forefront. Now, while our offense is still working on a lot I do want and I need I need the media to catch this real quick catch this real fast our defensive unit is showing you so much Kyle Van Noy Dante Hightower Stefan Gilmore the McCourty twins John Harmon Jamie Collins Michael Bennett. The list goes on. Chase Vinovich. Please learn their names. Know their numbers. Understand. And I am just saying this because I'm so tired of the media saying things like, oh, I don't really know. No, that defense is locked down. They've allowed one touchdown so far. One touchdown allowed by the defense so far on the season. Killing it. Killing it. I'm so happy that this defense has come to a point where they're getting together. And you know what? I think I'm going to give a little boost, a little shout out to Gerard Mayo for being a part of that defensive unit. Who is, he's, I mean, yes, Bill Belcher, we don't have a, like an official defensive coordinator on the team. Like there's not a title for that right now. But look at 
the key people who are in there. And look at the past players who have come back to assist with a lot of stuff. John Mayo was known known in the NFL for that when he played with New England for years. And his attention to detail, attention to content, attention to scheming, watching what's happening, watching the play unfold. They have some really, really key players in the t- on the team who are doing their ultimate best to make sure that we as a team, as a unit, as a whole, can just move all of that forward. And I'm really excited for it. I'm so happy that this defense is locked down right now. And if they continue this play, keeping this up, like stopping, look at even last week. Let's just go over something for a second. Last week, the Bills were in the red zone. They had an opportunity to score a touchdown. They eventually did score the touchdown with Josh Allen leaping over. But look how many times they stopped that goal line defense. Like that same goal line defense is the same one that back in 2014, Malcolm Butler got the pick, sealed the win, first Super Bowl win in 10 years. Yeah, that same exact goal line defense package. That's what was on the field in those moments. They're not afraid of making sure that these guys are not scoring the end zone. Like, that is fine. Like, take, okay, a field goal, a field goal. If we can three and out them or stop them at that, that's, I mean, I can't even explain, like, how excited I am because I love defense. I love watching these guys go out there and show them that they're made of this. This is a great strength team. They have honestly bringing back guys like Jamie Collins, who had a stint of with us in the beginning, had his little attitude adjustments, went to the Browns, didn't, it's different. Like, I think that he's grown up, he's matured, he's understood what's going on. He's been able to come back and be a key leader, key leader. His game-winning interception sealed the deal, like, sealed the deal for us uh, last weekend. So, I'm happy. The defense is killing it, man. I'm I'm so excited. But I want you guys learn their names, learn their positions, watch what's happening. They are they are allowing Tom Brady to go out there and put more points on the board. Without the defense, um, you're not you know you're you're without this defense, you're not able to do the things on offense like score these absurd amount of points. Now there's a I'm doing a special shout out this week. Special shout out to. Devin McCourty, who has had an interception every single game so far. Hello. That's he balled, he got the call. It's the thing Deion Sanders does. He did that. He did that though. He's been continuously showing New England that he is here to stay. He understands what's going on. He's made critical, critical game-saving moments. I mean Stephon Gilmore, the same, like, I'm telling you, across the board, this defense has shut it down, and they're going to continue to shut it down, and I hope that all of you guys who are fans understand that and help support that and move us forward, because without that defense, we wouldn't be where we are today. And special teams, we got to give a shout out to the special teams. Matthew Slater scored his very first pick six touchdown um, it was on special teams. Well, it wasn't really a pick six because it was a blocked punt by Buffalo. And, um, I mean, I'm just, I am so excited about Like, this is what I'm talking about. This team works together on all three phases of the game. Matthew Slater is such a leader. He is that, the chaplain, the center, just giving 
the Patriots' life in the locker room. He's the guy that's like, how do we feel about being 4-0, winning a game? And the offense together is just like, oh, yeah, because they know. It's, it's like that hype. It's having those people around you that are emotionally supporting the team. And watching special teams do what they do, just being able to be consistent. That's all. Tom, or Bill Belichick wants that. He is excited about that. The, the ability to hold this team at a high level, to be, the ability to... Even our punt, like Jake Bailey has been amazing punts, like keeping it low, making the opponent start back on the, in their own uh, zone, on their own side, just pinning punts. And Matthew Slater had a great um, pin the other day, too, where he got to the end zone and he was able to literally drop that ball like right at the front of the goal line. Those are things that the team does very, very, very well. And that's why Brady is able to take his offense and march down the field and score touchdowns because our defense is working together. A special teams is pinning teams back. We're able to screen out them or force a turnover, cause an interception. We're doing okay. Now, we're not at our top, our upper echelon at all by any means whatsoever. I am not saying that because we are not perfect. No team is perfect. But to be able to look ahead to our, our teammates, to the games that we're playing, to the opponents, and really decipher like where things are headed and how things are going to move forward, I think you guys are going to be surprised. Um, and happy that this is the way things are going because it could be the opposite. If we're being completely honest with ourselves, New England could completely just self-combust because things are going wrong. We could look at these injuries and go, oh, we have so many injured players. People aren't doing their job. Things are There are so many distractions, and we could use that as leverage, and other teams could probably use that as leverage. But notice how the media is. Notice how we approach every game. We just do our jobs. We just go out there and practice, prepare. All three phases of the game is played together. Everybody knows when they've made mistakes. I mean, Tom Brady admitted it. It was a it was a riveting offense last week. False, but the game was still won, and that's what's okay. And that's what's okay. And we're gonna drop some games like that. We're not gonna have great performances every single week, but as long as you can just do enough to get a W in that column to stand atop perfect, like perfectly right now in the first quarter of the game, I think Bill Belichick and the rest of the personnel and coaching staff is is happy with that. But it's satisfaction. There can be more. We want more. And so as we look ahead to the uh, next quarter of football, we start play the Redskins um, this Sunday, and then we go to the Giants, the Jets, and then the Browns. I could confidently say that I believe the next three games will be pretty much how the first three games have gone. I'm looking at the Browns game because I feel that it's going to be a huge, it's going to, I believe it's a Sunday night game, so it's going to be a, or a Sunday afternoon game, I've got to double check that, but it's going to be a game where there is some grit, some determination. The Browns are who they thought, I thought they were going to be. I mean, I'm not, I told everybody that was like, oh, the Browns, Browns, we got to watch out for the Browns. I was like, I don't know about that. I don't think the Browns are who you think they are. Let them develop some more. Four games is not enough to seriously wave a flag over them too but I think you've got to understand like when people try to stack teams and this is true of basketball the NBA when you try to stack 
power players all on a team. They're so used to being the star of their own little island. And then when you bring them all onto the same island, it kind of feels like very forceful. Like, oh gosh, well, all of these people are great. How do you determine what that's going to look like? And that's how I feel about the Browns. They've done good. I believe they're uh, two and two on the season, if I'm not mistaken. But that's where we're kind of, that's for me where I look at it and I just go, okay, cool. Well, let's look at this as a whole, as a, a complete unit. I think the Browns game might be a little bit of test of grit and determination. Um, the Redskins have their issues too. They're going through it. The Giants think they're on top of the world right now because Daniel Jones, his name, aka is Daniel Jones. First of all, there is no Danny Dimes or none of this other stuff. He's played two games, please. Calm it down. They have one with him at the helm but I also feel like you can't really determine the fate of the giant season off of two games even though they're four games into the season I don't think that that's that's not logical let's just put it that way and I'm not gonna call a quarterback by a nickname until he has proven that to me that's my personal feeling like I wasn't we weren't saying tb12 in 2000 when Tom Brady came in for um for Drew Bledsoe so let's not put this but it's it's just nature everyone's like well you're all comparing it to what Tom Brady did so I get it but yeah the Giants and then we got the Jets again which we 14 to 30 I mean we're playing them pretty close in the season this year they had a pretty good idea of disruption against us on the team so let's see what happens um let's let's really see what happens this season so I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the next four games to see where this team kind of ends up standing um, on the AFC side of things. I do know that we are making some transactions. We do need some help. Uh, We do need some help on offense. One thing that I think everyone needs to calm down about is Steven Gasowski. Okay. That's been the biggest talk on social media, especially during the games, everyone's like, oh my gosh, Kasowski, you have one job, all you have to do is kick the ball through the uprights, yada, yada, yada. I agree, because I do say, oh man, Kasowski, we love you, but man, we gotta cut, these points need to be made, like, we need to be more perfect than we are right now. Stats-wise, he's made seven of eight field goals on the season so far, so that's not terrible. The extra points, he's missed four, so he's 11 of 15 on the season. Now, if we tally up all those points, we could have 24 points and 15, 24 and 15. I can't even do math, but I'm going to do this really quick for you. That's 39 points. So out of a possible 39 points, we have um, 34 points. So I'm not really that. Actually, that's false. 7 times 3 is 21. That's correct. And 4 points. Oh, no, I'm right. Um... We have we have twenty five points out of a possible thirty nine. So that's a touchdown, and that's six and six is twelve. I'm so bad at this math, and I don't know why I'm deciding to become a mathematician at this very moment. That's two touchdowns and two extra points, essentially, or you know, a couple field goals and touchdown. But fourteen points has been lost off the board. That for those fourteen points have 
not really made or broken any of the first three games, but the last game it could have. You know, that could have been a significance if the Buffalo would have scored another touchdown or field goal. It would have been cl- too close for comfort. Um, but let's hope that he's. This is the this is the end of all of that. If he misses an extra point here. I'm a little bit of I'm a little I'm more concerned about that than if he misses a field goal because I feel like you can come back and get those points. An extra point, one point can determine a game. Like there's been several games last season that were won by one point or less. So, Kostowski, we're here for you. We still love you. We still ride with you, but you we we'd love cleaner. We'd love to not have heart attacks. I personally would not like to have a heart attack watching you play again. So, that would be great. So, yeah, that's that's where we're at. This is a state of the league, the state of New England. I would like to also say that as a fan, I feel like we're okay. We're good. We are good. I'm not worried. I'm not the one complaining about anything really except for hoping Gostowski makes his his kicks. And Tom Brady had one terrible game. Okay, great. Move on from it. It's early in the season. It wasn't the Super Bowl. You know, it's like we've we've done great. We've we've been positive. He's not falling off nobody's cliff. We are just going to make mental adjustments, physical adjustments, get the right personnel in, and we're on to Washington. We play we play the Redskins on Sunday at 1 o'clock. So wherever you are, wherever you choose to watch the game, cheer for our guys. Cheer loud and proud. Let's get 5-0. and I'm here for it. Thank you so much for listening to the latest episode. We'll be back next week to talk about the Redskins and where we're at and any other new fun information that pops up during the week. So if you guys would like to follow me during the games, I usually tweet somewhat ish here and there. Um, that's at Ddon91 on that is on in, on uh, Twitter. On Instagram, I'm also D- at Ddon91 and that's D-E-D-O-N. The number is 91. Hope to see you guys next week. Bye.